0: Good morning again to everyone. It's great to see you guys here this morning. I hope that if you haven't already, you'll get out your life point outline. Uh, As we get ready just to get into God's Word and what He's got on my heart uh, today that I want to share with you. We are in this series about finishing well. Uh, The the team did a great job, I think, with the uh, video just in kind of setting the pace and uh, giving a picture uh, of what we're all about and, and what we're looking to. It's certainly been on my heart in these days. And today I want to talk to you about um, guarding the gospel. We're going to be looking at 2 Timothy chapter 1, uh, verse 13 and 14. And um, with every passing day, I stand uh, closer, I get closer and closer uh, to handing off the, uh, the pastoral reins of leadership. To uh, to Pastor Tide, and today is for him as well, but it's also for you, for those of you that uh, are watching. And so I want to read the text and then just get right into the message this morning. So Paul's writing to Timothy; he is at the end. Paul is of his ministry. He has that sense that his ministry is coming to an end. And so he is saying some things, he's passing off some concepts and ideas to Timothy and very much giving that whole idea that he is passing the ministry on to him. And so he says in verse 13, says, Timothy, hold on, meaning when I'm gone, hold on to the pattern of wholesome teaching that you learned from me. Through the power of the Holy Spirit who lives within us, now watch this, Timothy carefully, carefully guard the precious truth, which is the gospel that has been entrusted to you. Carefully guard the precious truth, meaning the gospel that has been entrusted. To you. And so that's what I want to talk to you guys about this morning and to Pastor Todd. And it's about guarding the gospel. As I step down from this position um, at God's moving, then we all, and I want you as well as I and Catherine to have that sense that this is all about God's timing, that the Lord has been working all of this together. His hand is still on us for good as we come in and as we go out. And that God has got a plan of taking us on into the future for his honor and his glory. Can you say amen to that? Amen. So I want you to understand what's going on in my heart. Uh, yeah, I've had some tears. Uh, I've had some uh, breaking down on my part. But that's just getting adjusted. All right. Um, the adjustment I had when I first came here was shaking. Um <laughs> And I had to gradually get used to that. Um, I used to perspire profusely uh, when I would get up to preach here at Harmony Hill. I would get home and my shirt would just be wet because I was so incredibly nervous. And so that has changed considerably. But this has been um, for me um, a, a time in my life when, again, that nervousness has been there. Not about not understanding what God wanted, but just seeking to understand each step as it came because it wasn't all so clearly laid out. And I wanted to do it so right. And so the insight I want you to notice in your uh, uh, life point outline this morning is this. Pastoral secession is a relay race that must be finished well. It's one of the reasons that I chose the whole title about finishing well and the the theme about running that race and seeing that runner break that tape at the end. All of us are in our own race. And what I want to be foremost in your mind, all of you, one of the best signs of the effectiveness of the ministry that the Father has given me for the last 50 years is that when I step down, this church will not miss a step. When I step down, that things will keep going and growing. Because if it if it happens that way, if this thing starts to go another way, then that means I have inadvertently made all of this about me, and not about Christ. And it's about Him. It is about getting home. And hearing Him say, "Well done." If there's, if there's one thing I want it's so bad is that what I started last week about um, running the race, that you guys will run the race. So many in their life and they don't finish their race. They don't do what God put them here to do. And you guys are here, not just to sit here in these chairs on Sunday morning, but to run the race God has given to you. And the most crucial moment in a race, my race in particular, in a relay race, is passing the baton. The most crucial point in pastoral secession, is the one that's in leadership passing that leadership responsibility and authority to the one who's following? And that's just what I want to do, real well. When God made it clear to me that I needed to prepare myself and the church for my exit from pastoral leadership, God gave me this insight. It just kind of settled in on top of me, and I want to, I want to give it to you, it's in your notes. And the inside is this, that God just put in my heart, my effectiveness as a leader would be determined not by what our church had accomplished with me leading her, but how well I stepped down and I passed the leadership baton. The sign of the effectiveness of what I've done here these last 50 years is how the church does when I step down and how well we pass this position, this place, onto Pastor Todd. And I want to do that so well. And that's when the elders and I turned to the brother in Christ, uh, Will Heath. Will specialized in pastoral transitions, and he helped us so much uh, keep from misstepping. And the Holy Spirit settled in me and the elders, for which I am so grateful that my successor was already here. It was Todd. And the blessing for you and me is that Todd already understands our culture. He already knows who we are. He already knows what we like and what we don't care for at all. And so he understands that. I think any indication of wanting to throw something at him up here is virtually nil. Because he understands us so well. And because all of you already relate to him as student pastor, watching over our kids, and as a teaching pastor, sharing this pulpit with me. So if I've understood God's goal for this morning, and I believe I have, let me share with you what's on my heart. All right, number one in your life point outline, pastoral succession, just to reiterate, is like a relay race. Now, there are about five analogies, there are probably more, but there's five analogies I want to just hit in rapid fire succession between a runner passing the baton in a relay race and passing off leadership in a church, all right? And I know I didn't give you enough room probably for taking notes, uh, but hey, you just learn to deal with that. (laughs) So the, the first thing I want you to notice is this. The runner carrying the baton, that's me, has to keep going full speed during the transition. What that means is, I realized I can't let up, although I'm getting tired, and my phase of the race is nearly over. And that's just like in a relay race. The guy passing off the baton has got to finish strong. Why? Because passing the baton is the most crucial phase in a relay race. That baton has got to be passed, and it's got to be passed well. It can't be fumbled. Number two, the person receiving the baton, that's Todd, has got to begin running prior to me or the one carrying the baton gets to him. So he's got to start running already. If he waits until the runner passing the baton is even with him, he's going to get bypassed, right? And uh, you understand what that means. So he must start running before he receives the baton. And I initiated that happening in Todd's life Uh, by placing Todd on my senior leadership team. It was so clear in my heart that that's what I was supposed to do. Didn't understand everything um, that was gonna come from that, but God led in that, and it was such a blessing as I look back on it now. So Todd has been on my senior leadership team meeting with me and three others um, week in and week out, and also assuming the responsibility as teaching pastor Here on the hill. Number three, the person passing the baton and the one receiving the baton have got to stay in the same lane. Um, A transition is not going to be effective if the receiver is not headed in the same direction as the, the one that is bringing the baton along and passing it. They've got to have a common goal. And I want you to understand there is not now, nor has there been. At any time, any sense that Todd and I are not running the same race. That we're not together. That we're on the same team. And number four, there's got to be a timely release and a reception of that baton. In a relay race, on the track, there's this designated box that's painted there, which simply says, this is where the transition has got to take place. And so the tough decision of when the transfer takes place has got to be made in advance. When Will Heath was working with us, he set the initial date for me to step down and for Todd to step in to be this coming August. Which I thought at the time, that's a long time off. um, And it's gonna require a lot of energy for me to keep pushing and, and going. Um, Todd and I have shortened that twice. And both times, it was at my initiation, not his. Um, we first of all moved it to, from August back to June. And then we moved it from June to next week. Um, and each time, it was me. And I want you to understand that. I was the one initiating that. And then number five if the transition of leadership is done well, momentum is going to be gained in the ministry. And I want you to know, Todd has been increasing uh, his speed in leadership duties. Um, Todd leads, right now I've turned over leadership of our, my senior leadership group to him. I'm there, but Todd leads it. He leads our elders meetings. Todd leads, or he's there in the deacons meeting. He doesn't lead, but he's there in the deacons meeting. Um, And he has already planned and has set the course uh, for Easter this year. And will be leading us through Easter worship. He's already planned for a staff retreat this coming summer. And he's already looking and planning to what he's going to be preaching in the fall. Todd's working. Um, and that's the way I wanted it to be. And I'm so grateful for him. Now, what does this mean? It means that after next Sunday, February the 19th, no momentum in our church family is going to be lost Amen. Amen. as I step down and Todd Corr steps in and becomes your new lead pastor. Will you give God a hand clap of praise for that? <laughs> Now, let me just say this. In a relay race, uh, in real life, as the baton is passed, the one passing the baton gets out of the way and begins to root for the new guy uh, that's going to take the baton across the finish line. It is unseemly, and I think you get disqualified, if the one passing the baton keeps running beside the new guy and keeps coaching him, and criticizing him and telling him how he could do this better. What does a guy, when you pass off the baton, what does he do? He quits running, he gets off the the track, and he goes to the finish line and he cheers on the new guy that's running with the baton. And that's why by mutual agreement, I'm going to step away from church ministry and worship services for a sufficient period of time. Um, after next Sunday. February the 19th. I will be on sabbatical. Let me tell you what that means. It means. I will not be involved. In church ministry. I will not be here on campus. During weekly office hours. Nor will I be doing. Pastoral duties. Todd and our pastors. Pastors. All these other guys that keep everything going are going to start learning how to do ministry, how to lead you, how to minister to you without me. And my absence from church life is to send a message. And that message is, our Father has determined that it is time for a new generation of leadership here on the hill. And that's his prerogative. Will you say amen? That's his prerogative. And our father's in control. Now, let me just, let me just say this. I want you, and you hear this from me, I want you guys to ask God for the grace to embrace change as God's plan. You know, when I came here, Catherine and I moved here 50 years ago, Harmony Hill had certain ways of doing things. And when I assumed leadership through the passage of time, things started to change. Harmony Hill was very gracious to me. I was a young pastor. When I first started there, there's a lot more I didn't know than I did know. And Harmony Hill was very gracious. And as Harmony Hill continues to be a a church here on the hill, she's going to start reaching a new generation of men and women who are going to come to faith in Christ. And when changes are being made, this is why I'm stepping out. When changes are being made, I don't want you guys asking me or watching me to see if there's any kind of reaction on my face when something is announced or Todd says something from the pulpit because it's changing the way John used to do it. Harmony Hill, by sovereign design, may get some facelifts done and change is going to take place under Pastor Todd. And you hear me, that's by God's design. Let me give you an example. I just want you to know, with my total agreement, am I telling him it was perfectly fine and I wanted him to do it, Our membership class, uh, uh, the class that everybody takes to become a member here on the Hill, is under revision. And I realized what I started got us to here. But something new is required to get us where we're going. And you know what? I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. And I want you to be. And I want you to embrace it. So getting that out of the way, um, I want you to look at 2 Timothy For just a moment. I I wanna finish this morning in 2 Timothy. Paul's, this is his last letter. And in this, I think God gives us some insight um, how Paul passed the leadership staff on to Timothy. And I want you to notice point number two in your outline is this Paul, first of all, had this sense of timing. This sense of timing. Now, the scripture is clear that Paul sensed, just like I did, that it was time for him to pass the leadership baton. Um, Not because he was in prison. Paul had been in prison a lot. Uh, But this time was just different. And Paul was understanding it is time now in my walk with the Lord and serving him that God was just letting him know it's drawing to a time when he needs to pass off his power of leadership to somebody else. Now, where did that come from? Well, it was some specific places that I want to give you. In your notes. Number one, Paul is imprisoned in Rome. That's what we learn in 2 Timothy. But the reality is, Paul's been imprisoned, as I said, a lot. But when you get to here, Paul realizes that something about this imprisonment is different. It's just not like it always used to be. 2 Timothy 2, verse 9 I am suffering bound with chains as a criminal. Now, as I said, Paul had been in prison before. You've got the prison epistles, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, Philemon. Those are all prison epistles written by Paul while he was doing time for the cause of Christ. But yet he has this, ap- this sense of apostolic ministry coming to a close that he, he realizes here and he, he senses here. And so he says, yeah, I'm in prison. I'm here in Rome. And above all that, though, there's just a sense that this is different. Something's going on here. And he's aware somehow or another that his death is approaching. And the effectiveness that he's had at the Lord's hand uh, as being a front runner for Christ is changing. So he senses that. Then number two Paul realizes that by God's will, his circle of influence is shrinking. And he points this out in scripture. He no longer has top of the mind awareness in uh, in the minds of so many of the followers of Christ as being God's preeminent apostle. 2 Timothy 1.15, he says, you know that everyone in the province of Asia has deserted me, including Phagellus, and homogenes. and then in chapter 4, verse 16. At my first defense, no one came to my support, but everyone deserted me. See, things are changing. It's not the way it's always been. Those who used to walk with him by the Holy Spirit, those who tracked with him had all by the leadership of the Holy Spirit left and were doing other ministries. Chapter 4, verse 10. Christians has gone to Galatia. Titus to Dalmatia, only Luke is with me. So here's the truth I want you to see. Paul sensed that the thrust of his ministry was diminishing and that the time to pass his mantle to another more influential servant had arrived. And that was all by God's timing and God's doing. Then number three, the third reason why Paul knew it was time, that he was growing older and he had this sense that his home going was getting close. 2 Timothy 4, 6-8. through 8. And let me just say, this is one place in all of this that I do not have the same sense. <laughs> he says, for I am already being poured out like a drink offering. And the time has come for my departure. I have fought the good fight. I finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. That's why, guys, you want to finish your race. You want to finish your race. You want to do what God put you here to do so that when you get home, and this is not home, when you get home, you'll hear the Lord say those precious words, well done. That doesn't mean perfection. Doesn't mean perfection. It just means you were faithful to tackle day in and day out the race I put you in. And to accomplish what I put you here for. And then number four, Paul's missionary trips and hardships had wore him down. All right, the mileage was counting in his life. 2 Timothy 3.10. You, however, know... All about my teaching, my endurance, my persecutions, my sufferings. What what kinds of things happened to me at Antioch and Iconium and Lystra. The persecutions I endured. Now honestly, I can't identify with Paul in most of these things for which I'm grateful. I've had some hard times. I mean, um, when you're in this position, um, it's going to come it's going to happen you can't please everybody right you just simply can't and I haven't been in prison for my faith I will say however that I've received some not so flattering shots across my bow through the years I know that's hard for you guys to imagine being the nice guy that I am (laughs) but not everybody has been pleased with my journey I never will forget. This just stayed in my mind. I didn't keep a copy of it. I don't keep stuff like that, burn it, get it out of the way. But I just simply remember this. I don't remember why I got it, but it just simply came to me, and I, I don't know if it was a you know, text, an email, or whatever. It just simply said, may God bless your sorry, hypocritical soul. And I was like, wow. Okay. Mm. So that it just kind of takes you back a little bit. You know, makes you just kind of rehearse yourself and go back and check some of your sermons, you know, whatever. Recently, after my senior pastor retirement came out, there was a Facebook post that went out, which was a total shock to me. And it simply said, well, finally, the Joel Osteen of Lufkin is stepping down. I was like, what? Oh, well everybody's got their take uh, on everything, right? Now, if you're up here, you just got to have a thick skin, Todd. That's the way you do it. So, unlike the Apostle Paul, I don't have a sense that death is near. Uh, While my Bible says that we don't know the day or the hour of our departure, my health is good, uh, and I have cause to think that I've got 15 plus years left for me Um, There is this reality, however, that I'll state as an insight and give it to you in your notes. I am growing older, and I don't have quite the energy for new projects I once had. I'll just own it, all right? And honestly, I um, am grateful. Todd has assumed leadership uh, for several projects here on the Hill, including the Children's Building, for which I rejoice and let him have it with gusto. Uh, please take it outshine me I don't care go for it so but number three a successful transition number three means Timothy was ready to receive the baton of leadership and I want you to know Todd is ready he doesn't keep knocking on my door saying okay old fella, when you know let's let's move this up no he doesn't do that But let me, I want want to speak a loving admonition and a plea to you. As we move forward and Todd becomes lead pastor, and this is in your notes, please hear me. As he assumes responsibility, this is in your notes, be on guard against holding to the past. That doesn't honor me to hold to the past. And the insight is we're in a God appointed time of intentional transition of leadership. When Moses was called by God to go up on Mount Pisgah in Numbers chapter 8 verse 23, God told him these words. He said, Moses, you have led Israel to here, but another will lead them in. And that's what the father said to me. John, you have led the hill to here. You've done what I put you here to do with regards to senior leadership as senior pastor. But now it's time for another to take the church further. And so what God is saying is, John, to you, God is saying, John has done what I put him here to do. Todd is going to take his place and I want you to follow him. Amen. That's the Father's will. As I've got to let go of leadership reigns, you as a church family have got to let go of what you perceived is normal here on the hill. Years ago, God, um, I think, was getting me ready even though I didn't know it then for this day. In 1994, Dr. Jewel Gregory wrote a book, which I have in my my library. I bought it recently, and I'm I'm starting to work my way through it. It's entitled Too Great a Temptation, and it's about the dropping of the leadership baton that took place at First Baptist Church, Dallas. After 48 years at the helm, Dr. W.A. Criswell, who was a giant uh, in Baptist ranks, had sensed that the time was nearing for him to lay down the mantle of leadership at First Baptist and give it to another. This was no small deal. First Baptist Dallas was a national church. She was a church that had national influence. Mrs. Criswell, Dr. Criswell's wife, was one of the finest Bible teachers anywhere. To prove it, Mrs. Criswell's Bible class on Sunday morning averaged over 600 people. Well, Dr. Chriswell chose an outstanding young man named Jewel Gregory. He brought him on staff and he promised him he was going to turn the church over to him. The undoing of everything was that Dr. Criswell never set a date when that was going to happen to pass the baton and him step down. He reached 80, and Dr. Gregory asked, is it time? And he said, not yet. I want to preach two more years. Well, Joel had already been on staff almost two years as it was, waiting for the rains. And so he resigned, and he wrote a scathing book critical of Dr. Criswell. And First Baptist Church Dallas suffered a lot because of failed leadership uh, planning and carry through. That failed leadership debacle went national. And the cause of Jesus Christ wasn't put into good light before a lost and dying world. That's why you always understand Lufkin is watching us. People who don't know Christ are watching. And they are going to see how are we going to handle it. Are we going to be like the world like during presidential elections, are we going to be different? And so the truth in your notes, I am preaching this message and have planned next Sundays with one end in mind, that my time has a definite ending and Todd's has a definite beginning. I want that to be clear. And I want you to embrace it. And then number four, passing leadership assumes recognized gifting. And I want you to know Todd Core is gifted to be your lead pastor. 1 Timothy 1, verse 6, Paul says, I remind you, Timothy, fan into flame the gift of God which is in you. Timothy was like Paul Jr. Paul said in Philippians 2, in verse 20, he said, I have no one else like him. And so the truth in your outline, Todd Core has been gifted to teach the word organize this church, and lead God's people. Todd did it in student ministry, leading growth from less than 100 to over 250 on Wednesday nights in our student ministry. Amen. And the truth is, there are good teachers and pastors in Lufkin, but there's no better communicator of the Word of God, guys, than Todd Corr. Would you give God a hand clap of praise for that? <laughs> to say thank you, Father, for giving us somebody that can, can handle the word and handle it well. Amen. Now, another plea from me. It's human nature when there have been two pastors up front, as we have had for the last few years, to compare and to choose favorites. Don't do that. Don't do that. 1 Corinthians 1, verse 11. Paul wrote, I've been informed there are quarrels among you. One of you says, I follow Paul, or I like Paul's preaching. Another, I follow Apollos, he preaches better. Or another, I follow Peter, he's better than all of those. Or another, I follow Christ. Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? So here's the deal. I know that a few months are going to pass And probably somebody is going to say to somebody, okay, you know, it's been a year. Um, Who's your favorite preacher? Well, if they ask that, the answer is that old guy that just retired. What was his name? Uh, You know, no, that's not the correct answer. The correct answer is Todd and Brother John are both imperfect. But they each seek to teach us about Jesus who is perfect. That's the emphasis of the church. And so here's the admonition. Keep the main thing, the main thing. Todd is 32 years my junior. What does that mean? It means do not expect him, number one, to lead like me. He's not gonna. Number two, don't expect him to dream like me. It's gonna be different. And number three... Don't expect him to dress like me. (laughs) Right. Just let it go. Let it go. Right. Um, And here's the reason why. Guys, there is a cultural revolution in our country. This pulpit has got to meet the challenges to the sacredness of marriage, proclaiming a biblical expression of gender and its boundaries, to stand for the rights of the unborn, to declare the deity of Jesus Christ, to declare that Christ is the only way to heaven and to stand and declare without apology the reality that there is absolute truth. It doesn't matter. So what I say to you, I say to me, keep the main thing, the main thing. And that's Jesus and the word, which brings me to my close, number five, guard the gospel to Todd and to you. Our text, hold on to the pattern of teaching you learned from me. Guard the precious truth. In other words, guard the gospel that has been trusted to you. So as I close this morning, Todd, my brother, your task is not to cross the finish line ahead of other churches. Are to impress people with your innovation. The truth in your outline, your goal is to carry the baton of the gospel across the finish line. Amen. Don't fumble the pastor. Not that I believe that you will, but it has to be said. Guard the gospel. In Acts 20, in 28, Paul warned the elders at Ephesus about the days that were ahead. And this is what he said. He said, be shepherds of the church of God, which he bought with his own blood. I know, listen to what he said. I know that after I leave, savage wolves will come in among you. In other words, the wolves, the sheep, the the wolves in sheep's clothing are going to get into the church. They're going to be members of the church, but they're not going to belong to Christ. He said, This is coming. It'll happen. And he says, They will uh, not spare the flock. In other words, they don't care about the church, but they want to change its direction. They don't like the preaching, they don't like the things that are said that make them uncomfortable. He said, Even from your own number, men will arise and detest the truth in order to draw away disciples after them. So be on your guard. Here's the insight, ladies and gentlemen, in your notes. There are three internal attacks in every church. I get this from the scripture 2 Timothy 2, verse 17 false teaching. False teaching. What is the church supposed to do? Confront it. You confront it. You call it out. 1 Corinthians chapter 5. Flagrant immorality. How do you deal with it? You put light on it. You declare the truth of scripture. What is right and what is wrong. And then finally, Titus 3 and verse 10. Continual divisiveness within the body of Christ. What do you do with it? You confront it, you resolve it if you can, or you kick it out. You don't allow somebody to stay in who is divisive. That's right. So, Todd, second message, second time. Would you come up here? I want to ask my assistants to... Bring something out, please. I don't know where this is coming from. Here we go. Come don't right up. Thank you, Baldo. Um. I give this to you from me. Um, Now, this was found and fashioned by our mutual friend, uh, Dan Johnson, at my request. God bless him. He's sitting back here. I appreciate him so much doing that. Um, This represents a shepherd's staff, a biblical mark of leadership. That God has called you as shepherds used it to defend the flock, um, to ward off the enemy. This church and I entrust you with the highest honor that you take the position to shepherd our souls and guard the gospel of Jesus Christ. I've had written on here these words. To Todd Coor. From John Green, February 12th, 2023. Shepherd God's flock under your care. 1 Peter 5, verse 2. That's amazing. can remain standing. The winds of change, tide, are blowing across Christendom and many churches and pastors are abandoning their post and the faith once for all delivered to the saints. Guard the gospel. As Catherine and I sit over to the side and pray for you and support you and do what we can. To guard your back guard the gospel until the sound of the trumpet and we hear the Lord call our names guard the gospel let's pray together for him would you come here again Heavenly Father thank you this morning for the hope of tomorrow thank you Lord that uh, as you sovereignly made it known that I've done what you put me here to do in this position that you have also, as you've always done, been faithful to have your leader standing to the side, humbly waiting for your sign, your indication that it's time for him to step forward and to step into the light. And so thank you, Father, for Todd. Thank you for bringing him here, for equipping him to be the shepherd for these days and the days to come. Thank you for giving Harmony Hill the hope of tomorrow. Thank you for giving us strong leadership, faithful leadership for somebody who loves the word and wants to handle it well. May your favor and your blessing be on Todd as he comes in and goes out. Lead us to where you want us to go. And we thank you, Father, in Jesus' precious name. And all God's people said, amen Amen and amen. God bless you. You're dismissed.